Hi everyone, I want to welcome you to your Cub Nation station. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Veronica Johansson, Director of Communications for Brenham ISD. And in an effort to be transparent and share information, I'll be inviting guests and we'll talk about important news and events. We'll discuss challenges, highlight our successes, and most importantly, I'll be sharing real life stories of the voices that shape our district. to the Burnham ISD Today Show, where every day is a great day to be a Cub. I'm your host, Veronica Johansson, and joining me today is Kimberly Strauss. Our guest is Tech Savvy. She supports and enhances the learning experience for thousands of students and teachers right here in Burnham ISD. In the blink of an eye, Kim and her technology team were forced to be strategic in an ever-changing COVID-19 landscape. Her formal title is Burnham ISD Director of Information Technology. I would personally describe her as our technology ninja. Kim, welcome. Thank you. That's the nicest introduction I've ever had. Thank you so much. <laughs> I wish we had an insert button for ninja sounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kim. How can parents engage with children and teens in conversations about technology? So that is such a great question, and here's why. You know, with the change in instruction due to COVID, we immediately went home in the spring and did a lot of paper, but we also had some technology integration um, on a minimal scale probably. But now in the fall, all of our instruction has moved online. For those parents at home, probably more than they want to see their <laughs> Chromebooks and computers out. But even the, the students at school have really been using their technology um, in, a, in a higher degree than ever before. So what I what I wanted to talk about today was the idea that when a student comes home and whether they be really being instructed at home or, you know, coming to school face to face, when they see their parent, I want their parent to be able to ask questions and get more than just yes or no answers. So mm -hmm. Michael Steiner is the author of The Coaching Habit, and he has a four-question approach okay. that works so great mm -hmm. to start technology conversations, but I'll, be, I'll give you a secret here. You could use this for, with anybody, with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends. This method works. Well, okay, let's ask people to write this down. Please go grab a pen yes. <laughs> write this down. Yes, okay, you're going to want to use this. <laughs> So the first um, question is called the kickstart question. And basically when someone comes into your environment, you could start with something like, what's up? What's going on with you? And with, in terms of technology here in Brenham ISD, parents could start the conversation with, how did you use a Chromebook or a tablet in your, in your classroom today? Or how did you use your Chromebook or tablet um, here at home today to learn? By changing the word to how, mm -hmm. instead of just what did you do today, or how, you know, like, um, did you use technology today, which tend to give a yes or no answer. When you say how, there has to be a little bit of a descriptor. Yes. And they could just say something like, I used Imagine Learning, which is one of our amazing reading programs. Um, they use, we have Education Galaxy now through eighth grade, and it is a really fun game-based program um, that is TEAK specific. So it's, it's based on the learning standards here in Texas for math and for reading. So they might describe to you how they have leveled up. I love at Brenham Elementary School, 
because they actually post the little aliens that go with the game on I've their seen walls. That. I don't know what it is, but I've seen it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this looks like fun. So fun, right? Mm-hmm. So when we start with a question like, um, how did you use Chromebooks today? And, and your student starts talking about that or maybe even just says the word, oh, I just did Imagine Learning or Education Galaxy. You can go to the second question in the in the in the in the in the four questions, and the second question is called the ah question. Ah is A W E, which means and what else. So they might give you a long answer, they might give you a short answer, but your next step is to say and what else. It's asking for depth, meaning that I want to know more, um, without sounding a little little pushy. Um, so they may go into then about leveling up, or they may go into what they studied. Um, on um, high school, we're using Achieve 3000, and we incorporated it in two ways this year, in reading and in math. Um, so it's brand new to the whole world in math. This is the first year that company has ever had a math program. And so we're really interested to see how um, it might assist our students to be successful. And what we're hoping for most in our technology is that it enables us to um, individualize instruction. We've talked for years about differentiation, um, letting kids who are excelling in a particular topic, you know, extend their knowledge, mm-hmm. and then students who need remediation, let's give them some help. Um, but that that's where the software comes in. Um, and so we have this magic word called blended learning. We love to throw that word out there. But what that really means is everybody gets great instruction from the teacher, and then we use our software to individualize. Um, so we so far we've had the quick start question and the awe question. Mm-hmm. And the third question is called the focus question. So after this discussion happens, you can say, what was most challenging for you? And they can say, oh, nothing. And if they say that, you want to go to the fourth question, which is, what was most useful to you? I think a lot of kids may still end with not much, but uh, if you if you continue to kind of work through the details throughout the four questions, you can probably maybe even ask something more specific. So we have the kickstart question, the awe question, the focus question, and the learning question. I like that. It creates dialogue. Okay. Social media continues to pique an interest in millions of people. I recently read in an article that said 1 million new people joined a social network in a single day in 2017. What about social media? How can parents start the conversation? That is an amazing fact that you just said. Wow. And, it, you know, it doesn't surprise me, but it's still astronomical. That's huge. Right. <laughs> um, so we want to, you know, we can go through those four questions with social media. But with social media, I also want to encourage parents to always be on the learning side of the conversation because, okay. you know, right now, TikTok is a big political um, conversation, uh, whether it's going to be legal or illegal. But students have really been liking that for probably about 15, 16 months now. Uh-huh. You know, and as adults move into a platform, students move out of the platform. <laughs> um, but right now, TikTok is still fairly popular. And um, when it started as Musical.ly, which is how that, that platform started, it was strictly based on music. And kids love music and they love to lip sync and so forth. And so they were able to mimic um, some popular people and, and look at themselves and do side-by-sides. And I think they really liked it. And when we go into questioning about TikTok or any social media, because it's going to change tomorrow, always start with something like, what do you like about and then say the, the social media piece. Mm-hmm. So you could start with, what do you like about TikTok? Once again, that's not a yes or no answer. That requires some thought um, and generates a little bit better conversation. 
you could say to stay on the learning side of it as an adult, what do you wish I knew about it? Oh, That's where they may say nothing. <laughs> I don't know, but um, but they still may want you to know. Um, you know, maybe maybe like why is it popular? Kim, I'm afraid that. We're going to start seeing more parents on there doing <laughs> dance videos. I think you might be right because it is a little bit addictive. Um, another question might be, what are the top five accounts you like or to follow? And this, once you ask questions like that and then if they can tell you, and, and I hope that they, they, they will, you know, reveal that type of information because it gives you a lot of insight. Because then if you also join the platform, you can go follow those same people and you'll see the content that your child is, is looking at, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not looking over their shoulder and you're not yes. picking up their phone necessarily. Not that a parent has every right to do that, but by following the same people, you're seeing the same content. If it feels inappropriate to you, then you can address it. Um, you can ask your child, um, do, do you know who follows you, your content, if they're producing content? Um, and that leads to a wonderful discussion of face-to-face -face friends versus online friends. Um, and so everything in a discussion when it's always done by questioning it feels non-threatening so it's not that the parent um, or the adult in the conversation is saying this is bad or this is good it's that you're just saying tell me more i want to learn and th that helps it and then you can ask a question when you especially if you're watching the content that they're looking at um, have you ever felt uncomfortable when you saw something online and they may at first say no but at least when the question's out there in a non-threatening way if they do see something uncomfortable, mm -hmm. there's a possibility they'll want to talk about it at some point. Um, maybe with you as a parent, or it could be with you know someone else's parent. Um, but at least they know that you're aware that there is inappropriate things out there, and they have an avenue to report it if they want to. Every social media platform that that I see kids really responding to used to be like Instagram. Um, Snapchat, now TikTok, they always have a parent's guide. Um, so I really encourage parents to just Google like TikTok parent guide mm -hmm. and see, you can actually go to TikTok because they actually have a parent's website. But then there's also another website called Common Sense Media. Mm -hmm. And they do really good work um, helping parents understand different things in, in, in social media as well as other web pages. And um, so they actually have a TikTok guide also that gives you ideas on how you can make it more secure, you know, how you can guide your child without necessarily um, having that bad and good conversation, which will shut conversations down. So I really encourage parents to just continue to be learning on the learning side. Let their, let their child teach them. Mm -hmm. Creates great conversation. Mm. And what are some of the other ways that parents can stay connected? So in Brenna MyST, we love to be transparent. We want our, our parents are our greatest asset in the whole learning process, mm -hmm. um, as well as our teachers, of course. Um, <laughs> so we want to make connections as best we can. So we have Google Classroom, which everyone knows is the platform we've been using with COVID even before COVID, for long before COVID, but now everyone's on it. Um, and there is a parent um, component of that where the parent can see the Google Classroom and only their students um, information and so they can contact a teacher if they'd like to look into that. Of course we have Parent Portal. Um, Parent Portal changed to a company called Ascender. It's really the same company as Texas but they just rebranded themselves and changed the look of our Parent Portal this year and what happened really different this year was we did all of our um, beginning of school 
um, forms and signatures and demographic updates and so forth. Everything happened through Parent yes, Portal. That's right. <laughs> so we're still asking parents, please, if you haven't joined Parent Portal, please join Parent Portal. You can change your phone number. You can change your address. Um, you can fill out the forms without having to, to, to look at paper. And can't you get like notifications of grades? Like, you can. Yes. I used to have that on my yes, daughter. <laughs> that is so great, right? It's real-time communication. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, grades and attendance and tardies and, mm-hmm. and so forth. So really great things the campus registrar is your is the parent's best contact for that. Um, we have um, School Messenger, which you're very familiar with, going out with information um, if it's an emergency or something campus-related. We have Bark. Um, Bark is one of our monitoring software that we use for Google Drive and Google Email. But parents can also sign up for a personal account if they want to put their children's social media on their personal Bark. Um, it will actually monitor the content that your your child's seeing. There is a monthly cost associated. We earn nothing, so this is not a sales pitch of any kind. Um, It's just we do get it for free. Um, And so we're thankful to Bark for that. So if other people sign up of our personal account and pay, then it's supporting our schools. Mm -hmm. Um, So through those avenues, parents can learn a lot about what's going on in school. And, of course, always have a conversation with your child. Wow, that is great information. (laughs) I feel like I learned so much today. (laughs) Well, Cub Nation, stay tuned. Next week, we'll hear from Krause Elementary School Principal Courtney Mason, and she'll provide insightful information on events that are coming up. She'll discuss the importance of implementing core values in the classrooms. Important information there. Kim, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All the information that you gave us today. Cubs, don't miss next week. Um, We'll have all this information with Courtney Mason. Thank you. Stay tuned.